Welcome, welcome to Willard Nazarene Church on this Sunday morning, the week after Easter. It has been an eventful week, uh, to say the least, right? We have seen 74 and sunny, and we've seen 30 and snowy, but uh, we're glad that you have endured and you are here with us to uh, worship with us, to pray with us, and uh, to uh, learn from God's Word today. We're so glad that you're here. And if you are a regular attender, you know that uh, this is the time that we encourage you to continue to be faithful in serving others, in caring for others, in loving others, and uh, utilizing the talents that God has given you, and uh, to also continue uh, serving the church faithfully through giving, right? And uh, we have told you we had some different methods in which you can do that. One is you can drop it off at the house in, t- in the mail slot, and uh, it's, it's safe, it's distance approved. You don't have to, s- to see anyone. You don't have to come into contact. Just drop it in the mail slot. We'll make sure that it gets uh, into the church and, and uh, put in the safe, and then the accounting team will take care of it on Monday, and it'll be deposited. Or you can stick it in an envelope and mark it accordingly and, um, with, your, with your check and uh, your giving amount and send to 4414 Town Line Road 12, Willard, Ohio, 44890, and to Willard Nazarene Church. And uh, speaking of, by the way, Robin, why are you up here? Well, you know, like, I was really, um, I wasn't really paying good attention to what you were saying because I was busy. I am on the Willard Naz website. It is so cool because if I click on the hamburger in the left, that is the little lines, the menu bar in the left on my phone. I learned that this month. Anyway, if you click on that, it takes you to the tabs of the church. Not only can I go to the service online, so I get to see Sunday live stream, but I can also go to online giving. And it takes me right to the secure page through the electronic giving platform. And I can make my donation to the church. It can be a one-time donation, or I can fix it so that every week our tithe would come out of it automatically. It's pretty cool. I'm not sure you're tech-savvy enough to use it. I'm kidding. Yes, you are. I've seen it. It looks He can do it. So you can do it, too. Well, thanks, uh, Robin. And you can do it, too. And I, I actually encourage you to try it and, and go to the website and, and, and hit that link that Robin just told you about and try it out. You can set up a one-time gift if you are not uh, part of the church or don't attend a church. Uh, or you can set up a recurring gift so that it comes out every, every month if you would like that. So we encourage you to, to check that out. It's a new platform that we have for you that just started last week. But uh, anyway, the last thing I want to I let you know about um, is, uh, well, Robin, you had something else, right? Oh, I did. And this is so important because this is a great way you can serve. If you're watching this, grab some children around 6 o'clock tonight and get set up. Go to our online streaming again on our WillardNAS.org site, and you're going to see a Kid Zone Minute. Today, we're going to talk about something in Acts. So kids, I'm excited for you to come and watch a Kid Zone Minute. 
Check it out, kids. Don't miss it. Six o'clock this evening. Six o'clock this evening, and we hope to see you on there and and watching your Kid Zone Minute. But hey, last thing I want to remind you, I want to give you a heads up. I'm going to be sharing with you. uh, We'll continue the the series, but we have this treasure, and uh, we're going on a treasure hunt, so to speak. But I want you to begin thinking about this. I want you to begin thinking about uh, some things over the course of your lifetime, even back to childhood, that were a treasure for you something that you had hoped for, something you collected, something you looked for, you searched for, um, could have been your first bike, could have been whatever. But begin thinking about that. Now, I'm giving you a heads up because when we get to that place, I'm going to ask you to, uh, if you're watching us, uh, to enter the chat phase of, of uh, willardnaz.online.church and let us know what that is, what your treasure was. Uh, from, it could be from your childhood, could be from your college days, could be from um, adulthood. And so I'm just giving you a heads up to do that, all right? And so be thinking right now about that, and we're, we're going to be uh, touching on that a little bit later as we get into uh, Matthew chapter 13, all right? And we're going to share with you a message called The Treasure Hunt.
actually have had a couple treasure hunts around here. It hasn't been that long ago in the kids' zone minute that, and, uh, from our home. And we were looking for buttons. Remember that? Buttons were our treasures, right? And then we were here a couple of weeks ago, and uh, uh, my friend Nate and I, Robin was searching for us, and remember, I, I gave up my friend, and uh, we were the treasure. Ro- <laughs> yeah, Nate says, what friend? Yeah, and so, uh, but anyway, so we've been on treasure hunts, right? And so today, we're going to go back a little bit, because we skipped a little bit uh, last week being Easter, and uh, uh we took a break from, from this series, but I want to just, so I want to just go back just a couple weeks and remind you, uh, you know, we were talking to you out of uh, teaching from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 4 uh, 1 through 18, and, um, but we have this treasure. And so just as a reminder, remember that we were talking about a, a, a gift of God to broken people. We're talking about the treasure within us and the treasure of a relationship with Jesus Christ and what that means and what we can provide other people. We can provide the gift of God to broken people. We can provide hope in times of discouragement and despair. We can provide peace in rough waters. And we're certainly trying to navigate rough waters. Uh, a, a lot of us are, right, during the time frame that we find ourselves in right now. And we can provide joy and love in a world of, of hatred, right? And then the next week after that, we, I introduced you to Paul, and the, the author of uh, the, the book, Corinthians, and, and what he was teaching to the church of Corinth, what he was uh, teaching in that city. We talked a lot about the, the city of Corinth and what it was and how important it was, how valuable it was, and, and how valuable Paul's teaching was because it was a city as, as, as important as it was. It was filled with immorality. And so Paul was teaching that, listen, it wasn't about the jar itself, it was about what was inside the jar, right? And so that's important to remember because what's inside the jar is what, what God, when God fills us with his inner strength and his power and the power of the Holy Spirit. So rather than focusing on your situation, the situation or the disappointment or the discouragement that you find yourself in, that you're trying to get through, focus on the inner strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul was trying to teach the church in Corinth, right? And so that brings us up to this treasure hunt, right, out of Matthew uh, chapter 13. So, uh, we, but we have this treasure. We determine that there was a treasure available to us, right? And so the question is, how many of us have ever hunted for a treasure? Uh, and so here's the question that I asked you a little bit earlier to be thinking about. Do you remember when you were a child and you were hunting for something that you considered it to be a treasure, right? And um, the, the thing I think of is like is the, a metal detector. Has anyone ever used a metal detector and tried to hunt for treasure, right? So I want you to be thinking about your, your answers to those, and we're going to... Um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to break this down verse by verse, but I want to go ahead and read this to you right now, right? Out of uh, Matthew chapter 13. And so beginning with verse 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. Verse 47, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it to the shore, sat down, sorted out the good fish into the crates and threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous. And we'll skip down to verse 52, and it says, uh, Then he added, Every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. And that takes us through, um, through verse 52, and we're going to stop there. And that's uh, reading to you out of the New Living Translation. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we have to be together. We pray that right now that we collectively would be able to just, uh, just take a deep breath and exhale. And we know that many, many people are going through rough waters. And so, Father, we pray your presence in their lives right now. We pray uh, a spirit of calmness and a spirit of peace. Would you open our hearts and our minds to your word and to what you would like us to hear from you today. And uh, we'll give you praise and glory in your name. Amen. All right. So, hey, I, I just want to tell you that, that last week, this is, this is uh, I, I've talked about this on our, my daily encouragements that we, we share uh, live uh, every day, but that last week on, on Easter Sunday, we have seven professions of faith, seven people who committed their life to Christ. Isn't that fantastic? I just want to let you know that, that God is on the move and God is doing a good work in the lives of, of people. So um, I thought that was important. Anyway, anyway, back to the treasure hunt, right? I can remember as, as a child, for me personally, hunting for a, a treasure that was called arrowheads. Anybody remember arrowheads, uh, those flat rock-like things? Those were the greatest, right? I remember finding those thinking, man, man these are the greatest things ever. I love these things. And, uh, and then there, was, there were seashells. Uh, how about going to the beach? Anyone been to the beach? You go on vacation and you, and you spend time hunting for sea, seashells. You remember that. Uh, I can remember seashell hunting and thinking that now these were the greatest things ever because they came in all different sizes and shapes. And, and uh, if, if you got a really cool one, you could put up to your ear and you could hear the ocean. Lots of cool things. Um, and I can remember just hunting for the, the, the most unusual shaped seashells ever. And then I, I grew older, and I, I want you to be thinking back uh, to your own childhood and the treasures that, that you looked for and found. But as I grew older, my, my treasure hunting changed to, to uh, baseball cards, right? Anyone remember card shops? You don't find too many of those anymore. Well, I, I, could, I spent a lot of time in card shops looking for all of my favorite players and thinking, these are the greatest treasures ever. Uh, and finding those gems, if you will, those hidden treasures of, of, uh, of baseball players, and just how important that that was. And then it happened. Treasure hunting. Treasure hunting. It became girls and cars, right? As you get older, guys, come on, you can relate, right? 
uh, it, it, treasure hunting became girls and cars. It, and my, my first car was a 1966 Dodge Coronet. And uh, what a treasure that that was. What a treasure. Think about your first car and what you searched for and, and, and getting it. And um, what a treasure that it was. What treasures are you looking for? Uh, are you currently searching for? Your treasure it may have been your first car, may have been your first bicycle, may have been uh, something else that I mentioned, or um, uh, a, a card or uh, anything for that matter, a motorcycle. But think about that. Because in today's scripture, Jesus actually paints a beautiful picture of a treasure hunt. Except the treasure that he offers is not of the world like the ones that I've mentioned. Those were all material treasures that come and go, right? Um, but the treasure that, that Christ offers is eternal life. And verse 44 says that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy that field. And, if, and it goes on to say, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. That's what the NIV says, looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. So here you have in, in one case, uh, the man found the treasure by accident. And in another, the merchant sought long and hard for that pearl, which was the treasure. And it would set him up for life. In both cases, they realized the value of what they had and they found and what they had found and they gave up everything in order to get it. Hmm. So can you think back to, to what the treasure was that you spent time looking for and what you had to give up to get it? In the first parable, Jesus is is probably talking about a, a day laborer, day worker. You see, because the law stated that if a worker found something of value in a field, that it belonged to the owner of the property. However, in this case, so the, the man quit, and he got some money together and, and bought the entire field so that the treasure then belonged to him. Sometimes people just stumble into the kingdom of God. You see, they, they, they might be walking down the street and, and hear music playing and then step inside the doors of a church. They might hear the gospel uh, being taught and then they would respond. Um, they might unintentionally run into to someone and, and be at that critical place in their life where they're, they're, they're whole being is just filled with disappointment and discouragement and just at the right time at the right place they run into somebody who fills their vessel with hope fills their jar with hope remember that's the thing we talked about that's available to us to do from that previous message or someone might have an empty void in their life and, 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 and search and search and search for the answer until they finally find it in a relationship with Christ. The point is this. The point is that once they discover the treasure of a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we give all we have to obtain it. Jesus is trying to make a point here 
of how valuable the kingdom of God really is. I wonder sometimes if some of us that have been Christians for a long time, if we see the same value as someone who has just discovered it. You may be saying, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor Brad? Well, what I mean is this. Sometimes I think we lose our zeal, our excitement, our joy as we get older, and not only in chronological age, but as we get older in our our faith age, as we get older in in our relationship with God. It's vastly different than, than when it is when you first begin. Can you remember that moment when you first gave your life to Christ? We had seven people do it last week. And I, my, only, my only thought was, oh, man, I wish I could have been with them physically to, to shake their hands, to hug them, and to, and to, to really just encourage them and, and set them off on the right path. And I've been able to do that even, even through these days with, with a couple of them by putting something in their, in their hands, a, a, a book of, of, uh, of discipleship to kind of get them started and headed off in the right direction and have conversations with them over the phone. But um, that's important. But would you remember that day, your first day, giving your life to Christ? Can you remember the excitement that you felt, the joy and the relief of the, having the burden lifted and, and feeling like the discouragement and the disappointment was, is, was being replaced with hope and with love? Hmm. I can remember my day. <coughs> Excuse me. But I, I, I think that as we get older, we tend to lose that excitement a little bit, just a little bit as each year passes. You know, and, then we, and we think that uh, certain things that, that God wants us to do, we want to push off on, on the younger people and, and say, you know, well, let's let them do it. You know, they're, they have more energy or they have this or they have that. Listen, God's call never leaves us. He wants us to, to, to always pursue him and to seek him and to, and to uh, continue to grow in our faith. Verse 47 in this story says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it up on the shore, sat down, sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away, and that is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous. You see, this parable has the same meaning as the parable of the wheat and the weeds. But where that parable dealt with how long the people of God must coexist with those who reject God, this one focuses on what happens at the end. You see, as Christians, we must express obedience and be willing to tell others about the love and the grace of Christ. Remember last week, the, the three things that we ended with in, in last week's message, that they, when the angel said to Mary and Mary, don't be afraid, come and see, go and tell. I love that. I absolutely love that. 
don't be afraid. Come and see. Go and tell. And remember, everyone was running then, running with excitement because they wanted to go tell that Jesus was alive. He's alive. You see, we cannot, however, determine who is part of the kingdom of heaven. We can tell others about the love and the grace and the forgiveness of of Christ, but we can't determine who is part of the kingdom of heaven. That will be done by God. I want you to picture this. This, The picture of this story is that there was a net to to drag between two fishing boats, or or the net was attached to land and then attached to the boat out in the water. And they would go in this wide semicircle, right, with the top of the net secured by a a cork and and the bottom slightly weighted so that they could catch lots of fish. And then then the the fishermen then would sit on the shore and divide up the fish and throwing out the the good ones into the the basket, throwing the, the good ones into the basket and then throwing the bad ones out. You see, God's kingdom is valuable, yet it is exclusive. It is exclusive. You're either in or you're not. You're either in it or you're not. Revelation 3, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16 says, I know all the things that you do, that you are, you are, you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. God's kingdom is valuable, friends, yet it is exclusive. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be told you're out. I don't want to be told you're out. Hmm. Listen. Hell is real, whether the world acts like it or not. And, and that real punishment that was talked about in this story, in this parable it's, that's spoken of, was meant for Satan, but it will be inflicted on those, all those who follow him rather than Christ. And we'll go to verse 51, where Jesus actually says, Have you understood all these things? Have you understood all these things, Jesus asked. It seems as if he wanted to make sure the importance of what he had said was getting through to people. Right? He wanted to make sure that the importance of what he was saying, that they were actually getting it. He goes on to say in verse 52, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. I I think what Jesus is saying here is if, if you understand the law and the old covenant between God and Israel, then you will know that the old covenant actually points the way to the treasures of the new. Hmm. Did you capture that? Listen, I want you to get that. Is that. 
If you understand the law of the old covenant between God and Israel, then you will know that the old covenant actually points the way to the treasures of the new. Moses actually pointed the way to Jesus. You see, we as Christians don't reject the Old Testament. We embrace it as having been fulfilled by Jesus Christ, the Messiah. There are many things in the Old Testament to instruct us if we understand it in the light of the New Testament and that the two were merged together by the blood of Jesus. So this is where Jesus leaves us. Verse 53. Again, out of the New Living Translation, and Jesus says, it says, when Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country and he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get the, this wisdom and power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. I, I want you to hear that again, because can't you just hear how they, how they say that? Then they scoffed, right? He's just a carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother. And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, all his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. So Jesus had returned to Nazareth, where he grew up a carpenter's son. Nazareth was only about 20 miles from Capernaum, so, so it was not that great of a distance geographically, but the distance was great in attitude. Why? Because Jesus is giving them a chance to believe and find the treasure that only he can offer. He is giving them an opportunity to find the treasure that only he can offer. But even after all these things he had said and done, they can't seem to get past the fact that they knew him before. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Hmm. He couldn't be anything special now, could he? It is interesting that it says Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Hmm. There's a lesson here for all of us, friends. And the lesson is this, and I'm going to finish with this thought. And this is a thought I want to leave with you, but it's also a challenge until we come back to this next week. But um, this question I want to pose to you, and it's this. How many times do we miss miracles or finding a treasure because of our lack of faith? How many times do we miss miracles or finding the treasure 
because of our own lack of faith. Huh. That's good, isn't it? That's good. We're going to stop there today. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to not miss a miracle because of a lack of faith. All right? Let me pray for you today. Father, we, we come to you this morning and we thank you for who you are. We thank you that amongst the, the difficulty and that uh, we're facing right now and the difference in how we're presenting the gospel and being out of our building and not being able to personally and physically see our people. We are we are thankful and we are blessed that you have given us a different opportunity in which to share your message, your hope, your encouragement with others, with as many as possible. And Father, we pray for those that are, that are watching and listening, and we're so thankful, and we give you praise for those who responded last week on Easter Sunday and surrendered their life to you and asked you into their life. And oh, what a day, what a day of rejoicing that will be what a day of rejoicing that was and is and continues to be. And so, Father, we pray for them now. Those seven, would you speak into their lives? Would you remind them that they are a treasure? That, Father, you are the, just as that, as that violin was, was reshaped and, and uh and, and molded and, and sanded into this beautiful instrument that you will do the same into their lives and you will transform them into the, the likeness and the beauty of Christ. So each step that they take, may they take it with you and may they continue to seek after you and help, uh, help us to provide opportunities for them to to continue in, in learning about you through your word, through prayer, through scripture and devotions. And we thank you for that. Would you be with us as we leave here in this message and uh, prepare our hearts and minds for continuing this next week. And we love you. And Father, we know that you love us so much more. So great that you gave your one and only son so that we could do this and spend eternity with you. In your precious name, amen. I just want to remind you folks that God does love you. He loves you immensely. He loves you intimately. And he wants what's best for you. So trust him and stay connected. We're better together and you know that, all right? We'll see you all next week. Thanks for being with us.